are you? That's the first question. And then who is God in light of that? At the deepest essence of who you are, do you find yourselves maybe saying the same type of thing? God, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be another way. And so the question really for us this morning is, how's it going? Figuring out your own life. How's it going? How satisfying has it been? How fulfilling is it if it's totally up to you? And then what place could God actually play in the search for that life, if any? And that's where we're going to go today. All right? So let me just pray for us, and then we'll jump in. Father, thank you so much for the rain. Because we know without it, we can't survive. So we thank you for the sweet gift of the rain. Lord, we thank you that you love us today, and I pray that that would become loud and clear to every heart that's in this room. God, you knew who would be here today. We know you love everyone who's here today, and we're grateful. We just want to acknowledge you as a God who's involved in our lives, who can speak directly to our hearts, and I ask that you'll do that. So Lord, may we leave today knowing you better than we did when we walked in, and I think knowing ourselves better than we did when we walked in. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so today uh, we're also kicking off a new series uh, here at K2, and we're call- calling it Life's Ups and Downs, because here's what we know. Everybody has both. We all have ups. We all have downs. How do we handle those when they come? So what we're going to do in these five weeks is we're going to look at a character in the Bible named David, uh, King David. He was the man after God's own heart. And what's crazy, when you look at him and his life, that guy had the highest highs and he had the lowest lows. So we're going to look at his life for the next five weeks. And here's one of the greatest ups, the one we're going to look at today. One of the greatest ups that can happen in our life is when we're chosen. When you're chosen. When you're chosen for a team, when you're chosen for a job, when you're chosen at the dance, when you're chosen to be married, Those are the greatest things when somebody actually chooses you, okay? So I'm just going to lay it out point blank, and then I'm going to explain this. Every one of you in this room, you are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. And I believe it's one of the greatest ups that can ever happen in your life when you finally realize that. So what do you do when you're chosen? (laughs) When you're chosen by God, let's all, especially, that's where we're going to go today. What do you do when you realize that you're chosen by God? And here's my phrase. Here's what I want you to go home with today. I'll be, here's what you say, I'll be who you've chosen me to be. I'll be who you've chosen me to be. So let's just, uh, let's start, just start. I'm going to start with the story of David. If you want, it's in 1 Samuel 16. I'm not going to read the scripture. I'm just going to tell you the story. What's happening here is there's a king in Israel, and his name is Saul. And Saul is not a good king. Saul is not following God. He's not trustworthy. So God's kind of fed up with Saul, and he's like, all right, we need a new king. And so he tells Samuel, the prophet, he says, Samuel, go to Jesse of Bethlehem, because I have chosen, right from the scripture, I have chosen one of his sons to be the king. So Samuel shows up. Jesse comes out. He's got seven boys lined up. The eldest comes out, Eliab, and the dude is an absolute stud. So Samuel looks at him and goes, surely 
This is the guy. He just looked at me and said, that's a king right there. And then God has this classic verse. If you've never heard it before, you're going to love this. Here's what God says. Don't consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't that good news? That is good news. Because in our world today, everybody is making a quick judgment whether you're the right person or not just by looking at you physically. But God is ready even this morning to go past all that into the depth of who you are. I love that. So the other sons come up, and after everyone, Jesse puts them out, and Samuel has to go, no, God hasn't chosen him, God hasn't chosen him, God hasn't chosen him. They get to the seventh one, he goes, God didn't choose him. And so Samuel looks at uh, Jesse and goes, is this it? These are all the guys you got? And Jesse's like, oh, (laughs) the youngest guy, the runt of the family. He's out tending the sheep somewhere. And And then Samuel says, well, we're not leaving here until you bring him, so go get him. So David shows up, the runt of the family, the one his dad didn't even think was worthy to set him in front of everybody. Anybody ever feel like that in here? <laughs> That's good news, isn't it? So all of a sudden, David shows up, and God says to Samuel, rise and anoint him. This is the one. And then I love it, and they made sure to say this in the scriptures. It says, and then in the presence of all his brothers, <laughs> he was anointed. <laughs> Come on, man, that should make you laugh. Anybody have brothers and sisters in here? <laughs> I just, I love that story, because I can tell you right now, David's just out hanging out with some sheep. That's all he's doing. His dad finally beckons him in, he walks in, he's a little kid, and he's like, what's up, dad? Samuel's like pouring oil over him, it's dripping down, and all of his older brothers are looking at him, and David, I can just see David going, I don't know. (laughs) He had no clue what was going on in that moment. But God was choosing him. Now, here's what's great. At the very end of David's days, now he's reflecting back, and wow, what a life this guy lived. As he reflects back, he literally is going to die very, very soon. In 1 Chronicles 28, as he reflects on his life, here's what he says. The Lord, the God of Israel, chose me. He chose me from my whole family to be the king over Israel forever. He chose Judah. So there's 12 tribes, right, in Israel. So Judah's one of the tribes. And God chose Judah as leader. And from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me the king over all Israel. Of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son, Solomon, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. It was fun this week when I read that to my wife, Susie. She just sat there and she goes, wow, that's intense. Why is it intense? Do you guys understand something here? God is so much more involved in your life than you have any clue. 
and he's making choices. God is choosing you. Now, this is David's unique story, okay? This is his choice. I have mine, but I'm telling you right now, there's not one of you, I hope you know this by the time we're done here today, there's not one of you sitting here that God doesn't have a unique choice for you. And I believe that's what we learn here, okay? So, what can we learn about God? That's why we're here, right? We're, our mission is to, we want to invite every one of you to consider the adventure of actually following Jesus Christ, because it's an adventure. And those of you who are following him, we want to equip you to actually follow him well. So what are we going to learn about God today, and what are we going to learn about ourselves today from this story of David, of being chosen, okay? Here's the first thing we learn. You and I are out of control. You are out of control. How many control mongers do we have out there today? And the rest of you are liars. And <laughs> come on, man. We all, every one of us, wants to control our life. Right now, I doubt that there's any of us, me included, even though I know this stuff, who still aren't trying to control my life. Anybody trying to control your destiny, trying to control your kids, trying to control the economy? <laughs> you just can't do it. Can I say something? You are out of control. Okay? So here's my phrase, and here's what I want us to emphasize here. I'll be who you've chosen me to be. God, I'll be who you've chosen me to be. You and I have to come to this reality that you are out of control. Can you guys think about this for a second? You, you don't have any control when somebody else chooses you. They have the freedom to do that. And if they choose, they just do. I was thinking about this in my own life. I was a freshman in high school, and I was sitting in one of my classes, and in the middle of the class, the announcement came over the loudspeaker. And they said, hey, we're ready to, we want to give the results of the freshman class uh, uh, student government. So I'm just sitting there, and I'm doing my stuff, and all of a sudden, and representative for the class, David Nelson. And I'm like, why? I didn't run. Like, why, why? I just sat there, I, I, I didn't even run for the office. I'm like, what, what just happened? You have no control. If people choose, you just, they just do. Do you guys remember your first job when they actually chose you? And you had no, or maybe they didn't choose you. <laughs> Either way, you had zero control. You're out of control. When somebody decides to choose you. But if they choose you, what does it mean? It means they saw you. They saw something in you. And they wanted you. That is the coolest thing today. And I just want to let you know, God has chosen you. And you don't get a say in it. <laughs> He just does, and he really, really wants you, okay? So let me explain this, because here's another a reflection of David's. A lot of stuff, a lot of the Psalms, if you ever heard of those, they're these worship songs that the, the, the Israelites used to use. So a lot of them from David. Here's another one of his reflections on his life. It's in Psalm 139. Verse 13 says this. He says, for you created, 
Let's just stop right there. For you created. Can I just remind you of something? This is a fascinating thing. If you, most of us don't stop and think about this. Let's stop for a second. You would not exist if God hadn't created you. The only reason, this is a good one. You have to stop with this one. <laughs> I do. Sometimes I'll just sit in the morning, and I'll, when I, I try to start my day, just kind of meditating and focusing on God, and sometimes my meditation will just be simply that. Oh my gosh, God, the only reason I exist is because you thought of me. Can I ask you a question? How much control did you have in your existence? None. You're here, and you had no say in it at all. <laughs> but you're here. You're here because God has chosen to make you. And David, as he reflected, he says, For you created my inmost being, who I am. And by the way, none of you got to choose that. Isn't that crazy? You didn't get to choose your personality. And I said, I know that's true because I have three kids and they are absolutely, completely different than each other. And they grew up in the same home with the same parents, but they came out and God said, I've got three different, unique human beings. And they can try and I can try. I can read my Myers-Briggs and find out, and I have, I've studied that, who I naturally am. And then you can try to change that as much as you want. And some maturity is changing that. But this is who I am. And God chose your inmost being. And none of you got a say in that at all. You are absolutely out of control. Because God got to choose who you are. He goes, you, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made and then in verse 16, he goes, your eyes saw my unformed body. <laughs> That's the other thing. None of us got to choose this. Wouldn't, don't you wish you could have said, God, could I just put in a couple requests while I'm here? Okay. Nope. You just came out and you're like, here I am. Now we do have some choice. Right? What we do with what he gave us. But this is my body. This is my face. And he chose it. He chose to make you. He chose your innermost being. He chose your body. And then he says this fascinating thing. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know what's really interesting about that word ordained? You know what it actually is in the Hebrew? It actually is formed. So he actually formed your inner being. He formed your physical being. And God has actually formed your days. He already knows, you guys. He knows. He has chosen. And you know, when I look at this Psalm 139, the coolest thing, and this is what I hope you know today, God wanted you. That's it. The only reason you can sit here and go, why in the world am I on this planet? Because God thought of you. He wanted you so bad. And I can tell you this, man, when I wanted my wife Susie, guys remember that? When you really wanted her, it's crazy the stuff I would do. It's crazy the amount of money I would spend. It's crazy how creative you were back then. <laughs> you 
want somebody, you go after it. And here's what I want to tell you, man. God has chosen you, and he wants you. He wants every single one of you. So there's a reason, apparently, because all your days are ordained, planned, formed. Before one of them came to be, he knows why you're here, and he knows who you are, and only he knows. And that is out of your control. There's not one of us in here who can actually know why you're here. But that's all we do is try to figure it out. All we do is try to figure it out. What's going to satisfy this longing? What's going to make me complete? What's going to bring me joy? We're all trying to find it, and there's only one who knows. It's out of your control. But here's the second point. You're in control. (laughs) So you're out of control. But here's the other thing. You're actually also in control. You have a choice, actually, when you're chosen. So in light of our main phrase here, the emphasis here is, I'll be who you've chosen me to be. I'll be God who you've chosen me to be. So you actually get to say the next two lines. In John chapter 15, Jesus says this, right? So let's, this, kind of, this is cool because you read stuff in the Old Testament way back then, but then Jesus shows up who's God. He's like, let me tell you what this is actually all about. And here's what God says. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And, and here's what I know about my own personal life and all of you. Even all of you who are in here are totally committed to Jesus and you're, you're following him with all your heart. Here's what I know. Do you actually go every time God asks you to go? No. You don't or you'd be Jesus, okay? So, and you're not. So here's what's crazy. He said, I chose you that you might go but most, half the time we sit in here, you hear a very clear message, and you get it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and you have the choice. You have the choice today. I'm going to give you an application at the end of the day, and you're going to have a choice to actually say, I'll be who you've chosen me to be. And m- most of us in here, will, maybe you will. Wouldn't that be cool to find your life? But you get the choice. And some of you will go, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You're in control. Don't you wish you weren't sometimes? <laughs> No, you really want to be, and so do I. This is our issue. Matthew 16, 25, Jesus put it this way. He said to his disciples, whoever wants, what do you want today? What do you really want? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, what do, you, what do you want? My guess is this is cool. You, you, everybody's at church today. That's cool. Um, do you want your life to be everything it was actually created to be? See, and I, yes, you do, because you're trying everything to figure it out. Is it this job If you're single, it's like, is it when I find her finally and get married? And then you're married, and is it if I leave her? (laughs) 
What's going to, you're all trying to find your life. And Jesus just says, can I just tell you? Here's the only way you're going to find your life. You got to lose it. But it's your choice. So if you want to be in control of your life, you're actually going to lose your life because you don't know why you're here. And you'll never find it. But if you lose your life, for me, you're going to find it because I'm the one who thought of you in the first place. And I'm the one who designed you with a very specific reason, with the personality and the giftedness and the passions that you have and the physical ability. That was all my idea, and I know why. So, we try to be in control. So, but here's the third thing. Why would you make that choice to actually give up your life for him? Because when you do that, you'll actually be under control. Now, as I was sitting there thinking through my points, I'm like, do I really want to put something up there that nobody wants? Because there's not a human being who actually wants to be under control. We want to be free, man. I want to be free to be me. How's that working for you? Let me just ask you again. How's it working being free to be you? Is it actually fulfilling your life? I'm just going to tell you, here's what God says. If you're being free to be you, you haven't even found who you are yet. That's what he says. So let's be under control. Now, I know it doesn't sound very good, but I just want to, so I'm going to share a story with you, and for those of you guys who've been here 16 years, sorry, because I only, as I say, I only have one story, okay? I only got one life, so sometimes you have to listen to it again. But this was so profound for me. So I made my initial decision for Christ when I was 11. By the way, can I just say, if there are any students in this room right now, God chooses you. He, I'm telling you, man, when I see an 11-year-old boy, I go, seriously? I was that young? Yes, I was. And God chose me in that moment. But I had no idea what I was doing, so I didn't follow him at all for years, right? Which is really fun when you kind of know God but don't want to follow him. But then, finally, when I was 19, I gave my life to God. I really did. I surrendered everything to him. So then, I'm like, God, I want to do great things for you. Any of you guys in here ever been like that where you want to do great things for God? Okay, two of you. That's cool. Um, so, but I remember I want to do, and I, and I, I was kind of in this kind of cocky mode, like, God, why aren't you using me, and why aren't you doing thing, great things for me? And, and so uh, one night I, I heard this missionary tell this story in my dorm room about how he was in the depths of the jungles of Colombia because he was trying to get to know this tribe and learn their language so that he could translate the scripture into their language so that they could get to know God. Really, you know, it was a pretty cool story. And then he said, all of a sudden, a native came busting through the jungles, and he's screaming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And he knew exactly what that meant, so he grabbed his wife and he grabbed his two kids, and they just started booking through the jungle. And sure enough, two flatbed boats with communist soldiers with semi-automatic weapons were floating down the river for the sole purpose to take him and his family out. And the dude said he was hiding behind these bushes with his wife and his two little kids. And he said, and all of a sudden, this peace just came over him. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And he said, because I realize whether I live or whether I die is all in the hands of God. 
Well, he's sitting in my dorm room, so he lived, right? Cool story. Well, he got done, and I walked out. We, I was, this was at Christian college. We had a curfew, and I used to sneak out the window and just go. And I was out. <laughs> and I'm out on this golf course. And I'm, God, why aren't you doing great things with me? Why aren't you doing that with my life? And I'm just going to share with you one of the handful, just a few. Our walk with God is very normal most of the time. But this is one of the times he stopped me in my tracks. And I'm telling you, it was like each foot weighed like a ton. I couldn't move. And I had a conversation with God. And I'm going to tell you this. He does speak to you. Okay? Now let me just tell you this. I've never heard him audibly with my ears. But what happens is he will just come into your mind and give you thoughts. And so all of a sudden, here's what I felt like I heard God say to me. So David, do you want to do great things for me? Yes, God. You know I do. Will you go to Columbia for me? All alone? No wife, no kids, just you. Will you, will you do that for me? And I, I, if you've ever actually been right with God, it's not like you can go, oh, sure, God, I'll go. Right? <laughs> like, taking the conversation be over, it's kind of uncomfortable. Um, no, when it's him and you, you can't do that. So I just have, you have to be honest with God. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, I won't go. And then he said this to me. He said, see, David, you want to do great things for me, but I don't have you. You're still in control. And then he led me through a thought process. This was really crazy. I just feel like as I, I sat there, I just imagined God saying, man, there's this tribe of people that I've created in the depths of the jungles of Columbia. I love them, but they don't know me. So I'm going to create David Michael Nelson. He's going to be the son of Kenneth Eugene Nelson and Edith Joanne Nelson. He's going to grow up in Lapeer, Michigan. And I'm going to have that family go to the Trinity United Methodist Church. And he's going to go hear the Sunrise. Don't you love the bands in the 70s name? The Sunrise Circle Band. Um, And the guy... Is gonna, I'm going to call, I'm going to choose David when he's 11 years old to follow me so that he will do what I ask him to do and eventually go to Columbia for the whole reason I put him on this earth. I just sat there and I'm like, if that's why I'm here, if the only reason I'm on this planet is because God wants me to go to Columbia. Then I gotta go. And I'll never forget, as a 19-year-old kid, maybe 20, in that moment, I told God, I said, God, I'll go. And I knew in that moment, I would have hopped on a plane the very next day and laid down my life for him. You know what was cool? As soon as I said that, my feet lightened up, and I was free. Here's the crazy thing. For the next two years at that Christian college, I tried to go on mission trips. Every mission, I'm a missionary. i got to be a missionary, right? i got to go on mission trips. And every time I, got, I tried to go on a mission trip, I couldn't go. It never worked out. I couldn't go. And then eventually, in my story, what I realized is God didn't want me to go to Columbia, He just wanted to know if he had me. 
And when I said I'd go to Columbia, here's what I knew about me. I'll do anything you want me to do. And he wanted me to move to Salt Lake City. It's almost like Columbia. But But can I tell you this? I never once dreamed ever that I would be doing what I'm doing today. You know why? Because I don't know. And either do you. But I can tell you this. If you lose your life for him, if you realize you're out of control with why you're here on this planet, and then when you're in control, what you decide to do with your life is be under control, you find your life. Let me just show you a couple quick scriptures to back this up. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says this. Praise, and I do, unabashedly, unashamedly, with all of you here today. I praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Do you guys even know, do you know that? Do you know that God, he so loves you that he wants you to participate in every spiritual blessing that's in the heavenly realms? For he chose us all of us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. What does that mean? Holy simply means set apart. The word literally meant to cut. You take a piece of scissors, you'd cut this piece of paper in two, and you'd separate it. That's what holy means. So what are you saying is, okay, before I created anything, here's what I'm choosing to do. I'm choosing you to be holy, to be cut off and separated to me. What God is saying is the reason you're here is because I created you to belong to me. But what almost every human being does, in fact, let's just do this. What almost every human being does is go instead of being holy and set apart to God who thought of me, who designed me and formed me and knows while I'm here. Instead, we're all over here in the world trying to figure out why in the world I'm here. And how come my wife doesn't satisfy me? And how come my husband, how come that didn't work? And how come this job doesn't do it? How come even when I get a raise, then that doesn't do it? Why can't anything here actually fulfill me? And God's like, because this is why you're here. And as long as you're in control, you're going to keep doing this, and it's going to be super frustrating. But as soon as you do this, you're going to find your life. One more. This is going to be hard now. Um, <laughs> one more verse here. I love this one. Colossians chapter 1.16 says, For in Christ all things were created. Okay? In Christ means in him. So what that means is you're his idea. The first thing, anything that was created always starts in here. So again, you are God's idea. And then he goes on, and he says, things in heaven and earth, visible or invisible, thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him. And now look at this. And for him. 
The reason you're on this planet is for the one who designs you in the first place. And when God is in control, the last verse says this amazing thing. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. See, when you finally give your life to God, you don't lose your freedom, you find it. Because so many of you are enslaved to things and you're enslaved to them trying to figure out your life and God just wants you to set you free. He goes, if, Jesus says, I came to set you free. And once you know the truth, the truth will set you free. <laughs> this is what he actually wants to do. You, your life actually starts to hold all things together. When you find your life, your life actually starts to hold together. You're not trying to jury-rig your life anymore. <laughs> you guys seen those pictures of people who are trying to jury-rig things? It's like, okay, this ain't working. I don't have the right parts. Let's just use some duct tape and some wire and some tape. <laughs> and you try to hold it together, and it's like, and your life is falling apart. And, but once God is in control, your life doesn't fall apart. You actually find it. Uh, you can't say, I can't figure this out. I'll try this. No more. No more. If you will follow this, God is saying, this is it. He wants, he's chosen you, and he's choosing you, I believe, today to be able to say, this is it. So how do we respond? How do we respond? Let me just give you a few things. The first thing is our band, is, and we're going to worship together. The first thing is, just stop and give God the proper thanks for making you in the first place. <laughs> just stop and go, thank you for creating me. And as David said, praise him because he fearfully and wonderfully made you. And then thank him, God, thank you that you have a purpose for my life. You have chosen me, designed me, and created me for a specific reason. And I just want to say thank you, God, today. I want to say thank you. I do. I thank him that I found my life. Now, here's the hard one, though. Thank him and praise him, and we're going to do that. But I'm going to steal a phrase from one of my favorite pastors in L.A. At the end of every service, here's what he says. Because here's actually what you need to do today. If you want to find your life, if you want to just, if, if today you're going, oh my, okay, I'm out of control. I was, but I just, it's true. But I'm in control. What am I going to do with the fact that God has a plan for me? And this guy says at every end of the service, he says, here's all you got to say. Hey, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, here's the other thing that's weird to me, and I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on in you right now. I have no idea. But can I just tell you, if you've never given the Creator your life, and you're sitting here right now like I was when I was in church and your heart's going like this, can I just, I just want to encourage you, say okay. Today, Today, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God, man. I believe you created me, and I believe you created me for you. 
and I do, I need to be forgiven because I have totally been off here doing my own thing. I don't want to do my own thing anymore. I literally want to be under your control because you're the God who created me and I want to find my life. If that's you, then do it today. Just do it today. And when the service is over, we'll have people ready to pray for you. Go up to them, find me afterwards, whatever. Talk with your friend you came with and do it, all right? But can I just say lastly, hey, all you Christians, you know this, man. You know this. And yet most of you, when he's saying go, you're saying, mm -mm. you're still, you're saved. Okay? You're not saved by what you do. But I know this, man, you are not living the life God created you to live. You know it. If you're not full of joy and if you're not free and if there's not love in your heart, the fullness of the Spirit's just not there. Can I, can I just tell you, could you join me on the golf course? And if you hear God saying, well, you, I love you, man. You're my kid. Will you give me your life? Trust me. And if you've heard him today and you're, just, you're done trying to do it your own, get out of control today and put it under his control today. Give him your life. Jesus, I give you my life. All right? Let's stand together and let's worship him.